Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. Do not fear. Do not be dismayed. Do not worry. Do not be anxious. Do not fret. The Lord tells us all these things throughout His Scripture. And I tell you, it's something that we as believers sort of struggle with. I know a lot of folks who who are believers who struggle with fretting, with anxiety, particularly as uh, various things happen in their life which are a little unexpected. But the Lord tells us point blank not to do it. Then I know many others who are uh, profess to be believers, but you can tell that they're not believers because they live in complete abject fear. I mean, fear. And it's the saddest thing in the world because they're bound by it. They're so anxious. And their whole life is driven by fear, fear of situation, fear of circumstance, fear of what people think, fear of what might happen. And the Lord tells us not to do that. And we've been looking at many, many, many scripture passages related to this. We're looking at one right now out of the fourth chapter of First John. And remember what it says in the 18th verse. There is no fear in love, but perfect fear casts I mean, perfect love cast out fear. I guess you could do the inverse of that, that perfect fear cast out love, right? I mean, there's, there's a relationship here between this thing. You cannot uh, say that you are uh, a believer and that you live a life of faith and yet be bound in fear. So we've looked at the first few verses of this. I want to back up and pick up at verse 11 because it says this, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. So the, the first, um, the previous verses, 7 through 11, had talked about how God loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. The first few verses of chapter 4 are really interesting, and we've covered it another time. Let me just remind you, those are the verses that say, hey, listen to verse 1. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. (laughs) So it tells us to test the spirits. Then it tells us how to test the spirits. Just because somebody comes along and professes to be a believer, just because somebody comes along and teaches and preaches and says, oh, yeah, I believe, I believe, I believe, doesn't mean that they are necessarily true believers. There are many, many false teachers, false prophets, false believers out there. But he tells us, verse 11, Beloved, you know what? If God loved us, then we ought to love one another. Verse 12 gives us more insight. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. And so we say this, no one has seen God the Father at any time. Now, when you go to the scriptures in the Old Testament, you see places where, uh, like the children of Israel, their leadership sat down with the Lord and had a meal with him, okay, with the Lord. Uh, but this is likely when I believe it is a Christophany, an appearance, uh, pre-incarnate appearance of the Lord Jesus Christ, the angel of the Lord type of thing that you see, the motif that you see all through the uh, Old Testament. But as far as God the Father, no one has seen him face to face. He is spirit, 
and his spirit. So how do we, why is he even saying this? No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. He's saying this, God abides in us. Father, Son, Spirit, abide in us. If God abides in us as true believers, this is how we see God. And that we love one another because God abides in us. We're empowered to, to love one another. And we are one another. Okay? We are of the same spirit. We are because God dwells within us. So we have not seen God. No man has seen God the Father that way. But we see God the Father because he abides in us. And you know what? We need to love one another. How differently would things be if just believers loved one another in the way that we should. How different would it be if every time we looked at someone and <coughs> we knew that as a true believer that I'm looking at the very presence of God himself? How differently would we behave? How differently would we behave if we look at someone who's of the world or someone who's a false believer realizing that they need what? They need salvation. They need to be saved. So he's telling us, love one another. Verse 13, he continues. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. Now, this is John. This is the Apostle John writing this. He's the one that wrote the gospel of John. And that great uh, portion of that from verse uh, chapters 14, 15, 16, 17, uh, particularly 17, where he's speaking, uh, uh, when, where he writes that the Lord Jesus Christ is praying to the Father's high priestly prayer. And Jesus' desire was that they, as the triune God, would dwell within us. They and us, us and them. And he's echoing that same thing right here. He's saying, you know what? The Spirit abides within us. That's how we know that he abides within us. Verse 14. We have seen and testify that the Father has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. So verse 15, it says, whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God, God abides in him and he and God. Now that's simple. That's forthright. The one who confesses that Jesus is the son of God, God abides in him and he and God, but it's a confession. Okay. It's a confession. When you look at the balance of scripture, you find out that there's repentance that comes with this confession and repentance of, of, of past sins and confessing that I believe that Jesus is the son of God. This isn't a false profession. This isn't a false confession. This isn't just a trite little colloquialism that you'll see so often in religious circles of, oh, yeah, yeah, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Yeah, yeah, everybody believes it. Yeah, Jesus is the Son of God. He's a great rabbi. Yeah, he's the Son of God. They will say that with their mouth, but they don't believe it with their heart. How do I know that? You'll know it by their deeds. You'll see a lot more deeds of the flesh than you see fruit of the Spirit. As a matter of fact, you won't see any fruit of the Spirit. You may see some deed that looks like a good fruit, but it's not a true fruit of the Spirit. Verse 16, he continues, We've come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. God is love. And the one who abides in love abides in God, 
and God abides in him. Again, John's picking up what he said in John 15, the whole thing about us abiding in him. We will not sin as true believers if we abide in him. If we step outside the abiding of the Lord, that is when we subject ourselves to walking in sin and in error. So abide in him. And so now he brings us to the sort of the conclusion of what we've been looking at, this whole thing of not no fear and love, verse 17. By this, love is perfected, which means completed, with us, so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment, because as he is, so also are we in this world. In this world, in this lifetime, folks, as he is, we are in this world. We can love the same way. And we are completed and perfected in love in the same way as he is if we abide in him. So also are we in this world. Verse 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves punishment. And the one who fears is not perfected in love. If your pattern and practice and walking behavior of life is that a fear that you have not been perfected in love. You're not complete in love. <clears throat> the Lord desires to, to uh, uh, perfect us and to complete us in his love. Seek him and see what he does. We'll continue this in the next episode. Again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much for your time. And I'll see you then. Goodbye.